Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. And Lord, we just want to uh, just invite your Holy Spirit to just minister to our hearts today, to challenge us from your word, Lord. Lord, I pray that, Lord, all of us will um, just leave this place today with some form of application, some form of truth from your word that we can relate to our real situation, Lord, and bring glory and honour to your name. We ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, please take your seats this morning. Great to see you in church and uh, looking forward to catching up with some of you at Floriad after church today. I hear some people even bringing their dogs, which is going to be great. So I'll get to meet some dogs, which is fantastic because I'm a real dog lover. Not taking my dogs because I know that they would cause a real problem. Okay, we are talking about the disciplined life this month and uh, I want to talk to you today about the lost discipline of the church, the lost discipline of the church. Hey, by the way, just off note, Edie and I became grandparents again this week. It was difficult, but we did it. <laughs> and, uh, and so we welcome into the, the world, we welcome little Patrick Shepherd peterson uh, Paddy for short, and uh, so we're looking forward to getting to know him. Back on topic, the lost discipline of the church. I want you to imagine this morning that I am a farmer. Farmer John. Now, it should be easy to imagine. My father-in-law was a farmer, so, so he was a barley farmer, sheep farmer. So I know a little bit about what I'm talking about. But I want you to imagine that I'm a farmer this morning and I'm a wheat farmer. And so what I've done is I've gone out and I've prepared all the ground, done all the hard work, I've sown the seed for this year's crop and it's been a pretty good year. There's been lots of good rain at the right time. And come November, December, provided that there's no unseasonal rains or, or strong winds, it's going to be an absolute bumper crop this year. Now, it's, it's important that you understand it's taken me about three quarters of the year to get to this harvest, to get to this last section, to get to this. That's going to be over in, in, a, in a month and a bit. I'll be harvesting the crop and harvest is always the fun time. Harvest is the time when you see all your hard work coming to fruition. You get the header out of the, out, out of the shed and, and that big header and you feel like the biggest boss in that header driving around and uh, collecting the, the, the harvest. And the crop that I happen to harvest is, is awesome and it's going to bring a big paycheck. It's going to be a great harvest. So I've decided to make a decision for the year following. What I've decided to do is because I love harvesting so much, because 
harvesting is so wonderful and all the prep work beforehand is so tiring that I've decided this. I've decided the next year I'm actually not going to sow seed. Next year I'm just going to sit back, I'm going to enjoy life and then harvest the last months of the year. I think that's a good idea. And so I do that and sure, the, the, the harvest isn't as good. Uh, some of the seed grain has fallen and produced. And I look at that harvest that following year and I think, well, I can survive on this. And so I think, you know what, I can probably get another year out of this. So I'm going to survive on that harvest. And then I think, well, you know what, I'm really enjoying my life at the moment. I'm really enjoying just sitting back and, and just enjoying the, the, the time of refreshing that I'm having. And so the year after, I'm going to go another year without preparing. And I'm just going to harvest what comes up. You know what? I'll even pray. I'll even pray, friends. I'll get religious about this. I'll get spiritual about this. I'll even pray that God should miraculously provide a decent crop while I'm relaxing. (laughs) That should do it. And the end of that year comes and it's been a particularly dry year. It's been a tough year. But I go out to harvest and uh, I notice that the crop is pretty depleted. It's pretty shriveled. And I know then that it's going to be a pretty tough year. Not much income out of that lot. Plus, I look at that crop and I think it's going to take a lot more time sorting the actual wheat from the tares and all the other stuff that has grown up as well. Now, how many of you know that if I keep farming this way, It won't be too long before there's no harvest. It won't be too long that I'll be looking at a barren field, depleted of soil nutrient, not even good enough for grazing the few sheep. You see, if if we want a bumper harvest, we need to keep sowing. If we want a bumper harvest, we need to keep sowing. I remember going back to a a, a conference that we had amongst our denomination, our movement in the 90s. And the head of the movement, great man of God, he got up and he said, I declare, I'm prophetically declaring that the next decade is going to be a decade of harvest. And we all clapped and everyone got excited and all the pastors said, yes, we're believing with you that the next decade is going to be a decade of harvest. And we saw it happen. It was an absolutely incredible time. We saw the church grow exponentially throughout Australia. We saw thousands upon thousands of people give their lives to Jesus. We saw thousands of churches planted throughout Australia. And you know what? We've been harvesting ever since. It's been fantastic what we have seen, what God has done. The the only problem is that the harvest is now a shriveled, minuscule portion of what it was. If anything, there are a lot of barren 
nutrient-deficient fields that are yielding no harvest, where dilapidated churches stand as monuments to the glory days of the past. Dead churches full of stagnant saints with dim memories of yesterday's yield. Every now and again, an evangelist will come through. Someone with that gift of evangelism on their life and they will come through and they will stir up the the dying embers. Sometimes they'll preach from John 4, you know, the, the, the woman at the well, the woman of Samaria. And they will preach and they will go to John 435 and they'll declare boldly do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest behold I say to you lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are white ready for harvest and everyone will rejoice and say yes the fields are ready for harvest and some will get reignited again let's go out and let's harvest this world for Jesus Uh, But here's the issue. If all we're doing is harvesting, when do we sow? You see, when Jesus declared that, when he proclaimed that the fields were already white for harvest, I don't believe he was saying that from now to the end of the age, it will be harvest time. He's saying, look at the fields now, even though it's not the season of harvest yet. You can tell by looking at the field that it is white and ready for harvest. He was saying this, when you see the telltale signs of a ready harvest, make sure you act on it. But listen to what he says in the very next verse. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. You see, harvesting doesn't negate sowing. Not in the natural, not in the spiritual. You can't have one without the other. Sure, we need to examine the crop so that we are ready to harvest. But in the meantime, we need to make sure we sow. I think over the years we've become so focused on the harvest, which is the easier part, which is the rewarding part, that we've stopped the hard work and the sacrifice of sowing. Sowing is the lost discipline of the church. And I think we need to learn to sow again. It's the call, it is the commission of every believer of Jesus Christ, not just to harvest by perhaps leading someone who's come to church or someone who's inquiring and leading them through a simple prayer of salvation and perhaps handing them the gospel of John, but to sow the seed of the gospel wherever we go, wherever we can influence. And sowing's not easy. Sowing is not easy because it takes time. It it takes sacrifice. And often we don't see the results of the harvest for some time. Sowing. 
the lost discipline of the church. And so in my mind, the question is simply this, how do we sow? And I want to remind us this morning and I want to challenge our hearts this morning that we are to get out again and we are to sow the seed of the gospel of Jesus Christ to a world that is desperately lost and perishing and needs to hear the message of good news. How do we sow? Here's the first thing. We prune the branches And we burn down the stalks. Farmers will, at this time, once the harvest has gone, they will prune the branches, they will burn the stalks of their paddocks to the ground. Let me read to you a couple of scriptures. John 15, 6. Jesus says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch. And is withered, and they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burnt. John 12, just a few chapters beforehand, Jesus says this Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it produces much grain. You see, the fruitless leftovers of the old have to be cast off to make room for the fruitful abundance of the new. Do you hear that? And I'm here to declare today that God has done wonderful things in the past. I was just talking to someone the other day in the church who's been involved for a long time. We're talking about the goodness of God and all the wonderful things that he has done in the past. And we were rejoicing and we were remembering those things that God has done in the past. But I'm here to declare today that God is actually doing a new thing. He is doing something new. He is making a pathway through the desert for God's people to come home. As it says in Isaiah 43, That God is ready to create rivers in the wasteland and emptiness of lost lives. But we must be careful that we don't dam up the rivers with our traditions. We must be careful that we don't dam up the rivers with our, this is the way it's always been done-isms. He's doing a new thing. I thank God that he is doing a new thing. But the branches need to be pruned. Here's the thing about pruning branches, burning stalks. It's painful. It hurts when those things take place. I remember reading a story many years ago about a person that owned a vineyard and it had been a tough old year and they had to prune the vines back quite brutally. So they went out and they pruned those branches. They cut those branches off. But this is what he discovered. He went out there the next day to the vines that he had pruned and he noticed something, that there were puddles of water at the base of each vine. 
He said, hang on a minute, we haven't had a heavy dew, we haven't had rains. I know that no one has watered these. What's going on? And he looked at the vine and he noticed something interesting that where the branches had been cut off, the vine was weeping for the branches. You see, pruning hurts. Cutting off the branches hurts. There's pain involved. Letting go of things that... We have once associated with joy and breakthrough and healing and transformation and fruitfulness is not easy. It hurts. But I want you to listen to what happens when we go through the process. Psalm 126, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You see, the good news is this, that the tears of our loss will become the celebration of our gain. I honestly believe that the season that we have been through with COVID are tears of our loss, but they're becoming the season of gain in our world. And I just want to encourage you this morning, don't resist. Don't hold back from sowing for the new harvest. It might be hard work at times, but it's going to lead to rejoicing. It's going to lead to abundance. And allow God to prune the branches, burn the stalks that have to be dealt with for our future fruitfulness. Amen. How do we sow? Well, we examine and we prepare the soil. The seed that we sow is the good news of salvation through Christ alone. Let's never forget that. The seed we sow remains the same. But we need to make sure that we examine and prepare the soil we are sowing into. What nutrients are missing? that will help release the message of the seed. What's depleted in the soil? What has leached into the soil that we need to deal with? You see, examining the soil means actually understanding the worldview, understanding where the world is at and speaking life into that. In the 2000s, The soil of the world was this. It was all about tolerance. Many of you remember that word bantered around so freely, tolerance. The catch cry of the world was this. If you can't accept me, at least act like you do. Tolerate. But the nutrients that were missing in the soil at the time were these. The nutrients missing were that there is a foundation of truth that there are absolutes that can be shared through the word of God. And while we are called to tolerate, the word of God says that there are some greys, there are some blacks, there are some whites, there are some absolutes. 
in this world. In the 2010s, the soil of the world was all about pluralism. The catch cry was this, accept me and my belief system and everyone else's for that matter. And there were nutrients that were missing in the soil and it's our job to recognise those nutrients that are missing. The nutrients missing in the soil was truth, but not just truth and absolute alone from the word of God. It was truth shared in love and grace. And having a respect for people in spite of what they believed. We shared truth, but the problem was the soil was leached with judgment. And later on, compromise as we tried to relate to where people were at. Which brings us to the 2020s. The soil of the world is about equality. Equality. The catch cry is this, acceptance is my right. Acceptance is my right. But friends, we've got to make sure that we're making sure the nutrients are the right nutrients to put into the soil, which helps spread the message of Jesus. The nutrients missing are that true acceptance. True acceptance is found in God and our rights are to be found in His righteousness. The healing of rights happens in the nutrients of His righteousness. I believe it's such an important message for today. It is the message that says this, that soil, the restored relationships that we are looking for can only happen when we get back to the foundation of Jesus Christ. When we get back to the answer for the world today, the answer is Jesus. We want to see relationships restored within society. The answer is let's get back to the foundations of truth through the word of God. Let's get back to Jesus. And you see what happens is that if we don't examine the soil, if we don't prepare the soil, sometimes we end up sowing nutrients of yesterday's relevance rather than answering the concerns of today. How do we sow? We prune the branches, we burn the stalks, we examine and prepare the soil and we break up the hard ground. We break up the hard ground. You see, before the seed can be sown, the hard ground needs to be broken up. And we can look at the world And we can see the coldness and we can see the hardness of the heart. But as I was looking at scripture, I noticed that whenever it's talking about hardness of heart, whenever it's talking about the cold heart, the hard ground, it's actually God speaking to his own people. 
little ouch. Hosea 10 verse 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground for it's time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take a heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. You see, the hard ground, friends, is our ground. Wow. I thought about that and You know, until the heart of the church breaks for the brokenness of the world, until we break up the hard ground in us, we'll never sow the seed that reflects the love of Jesus. And there's a challenge. There's a challenge to all of us. We'll just become satisfied in the shallow ground of our blessing and we'll neglect the fallow ground for the seeds of love to be sown to a lost world. And I think it's such an important prayer as a church that we pray this, Lord, soften my heart so that I might respond to the things that break your heart. We can get so caught up in the blessings that we live in. What a wonderful life this Christian life is. What incredible favour and blessing we receive from our God who loves us dearly. The Father of lights who sends down his blessing upon us. And we can get so enamoured with where we're at and we can forget that there is a lost world. That the chances are that our next door neighbours may be going to hell. And something's got to happen in the hardness of our hearts to break for the brokenness of a lost world. So that we can look at, the other day I was sitting at a coffee place. I was just looking out the windows and seeing all the people walk by. And I said to myself, John, how many of these people are going to a lost eternity? Do you care? And I had to arrive at that point. God, break my heart. Lord, break my heart for the lost. Break my heart for the the wounded, the hurting, those who don't yet know you. Lord, break our hearts. Lord, help us not get satisfied in our own place of contentment in you. Break the hard ground. How do we sow seed? Well, we plant the right seed. Make sure that we plant the right seed. You see, the seed always needs to be the message of the gospel. Salvation from sin 
is to be found through no one else but Jesus who took our sin upon himself so that we could be forgiven and we could be restored into a right relationship. That if we repent and if we ask for forgiveness, we will be forgiven and we can set out on this wonderful journey of knowing and following and living for Jesus all our days. That's the gospel. It may sound basic, but the problem is over the years, I've seen too many inferior seeds that have been sown. The seed, you might recognise some of these seeds. The seed of come to Jesus and he'll fix your problems. It's nice, but it's an inferior seed. God wants you to be successful and have prosperity. You're accepted just the way you are. You don't need to change a thing. You might have heard of that seed. Listen, God's grace covers your sin. Just accept his grace. It's an inferior seed. Just say a salvation prayer. Do Alpha. Attend church regularly. And you'll have eternal life. Hey. Sorry, it's a work seed. You see, seeds that present a partial answer, seeds that present a perhaps disguised answer, the disguised truth, but inferior to the gospel. Friends, I want to give you the answer today. The answer to all the world's problems. You ready for it? Jesus. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. My heart has been so challenged this week. Sometimes as a pastor, you think, God, what do you want to challenge the people with? And God says, I'm going to slap you around first. (laughs) Which is a good thing. Let's close our eyes. Let's prune the branches and burn the stalks. Let's examine the soil, see what nutrients are needed. Let's break up the hard ground of our hearts and let's plant the seeds of the good news of Jesus Christ so that sowing doesn't become the lost discipline of the church I want to pray this morning I hope your hearts have been challenged today let's pray Lord I thank you for your love your grace your mercy 
that has led us to you. Lord, that while we were still sinners, you died for us. What remarkable love. Lord, today I pray that we will continue to sow. We'll continue to sow the message of salvation through Christ Jesus alone. Lord, that we will reach a lost world with the answer, with the answer, and it's you. And Lord, if that means breaking up the hardness of our hearts, that means breaking up that ground, Lord, so that we can once again be broken with the things that break your hearts. Well, Lord, do it. Please do it. Lord, help us not just become satisfied. Help the church not just be a community organisation. But help your church be the hands and feet of Jesus. Ready to reach a lost world. to invite people to come to you. We ask in your precious, wonderful name. Amen. Amen.